Do you have an idea for a business, but you don't know what the next step to take? Or do you already have a business and you're ready to level up? Is it really all about the hustle or can you have some work-life balance? On season two of Business Fluent, we talk with entrepreneurs in all stages of their journey. So you can get tips and strategies to avoid the common mistakes and leverage best practices. So you can not only grow a thriving business, but you can live your best life. Hey everybody, this is Tony Gallo from the Lorain County Chamber of Commerce. I'm here with Lisa Hudson from the Small Business Development Center at Lorain County Community College, and we are back once again with Business Fluent. Today in studio, we have Dave and Don Scodney from Air Filter Factory, and we are very excited to be able to talk to them today and find out a little bit about their company, um, how they got to where they're at, and what's going on. Lisa, do you want to say anything before we turn it over to Dave? No, just excited to, to be back and glad we could connect with Dave and Don. So Dave, why don't you tell everybody a little bit um, about uh, Air Filter Factory, how it got started, um, how long you've been in business, and all the fun stuff like that. Well, thank you, and, and nice to be here. I'm going to ask Dawn to uh, answer that question. She's looking down on the entire business, so <laughs> she's got a good insight. All right. Well, we were trying to figure out where to start, how far back to go. I owned a transcription company about, what were we in, 2005 or so? Yeah. And we were getting eaten up by the EMR, electronic medical record, and Dave had, was owning a bait store. He owned a bait store for a long time, other jobs as well. And um, he decided to sell the bait store, look for something else. And he wasn't finding anything. He was 43 years old, looked for a year for something different. But during his bait store years, he taught himself SEO and the algorithms of the internet. And in turn, that gave him a skill he had no idea that he was going to utilize. During the time that he was searching for a job, our accountant contacted him to build a website for a local manufacturer of filters. And Dave, of course, said yes, and built the website. And he's an entrepreneur at heart. So immediately, he thought, I, what if I could build a website and sell these filters? So he was in a bedroom in our home, kind of his our makeshift office for him. And so um, he built the, he asked, of course, the, the manufacturer and he said yes. So he started building the website, started selling filters actually out of this bedroom, just found a couple that were popular and then uh, the manufacturer was making them for him, and, and Dave was actually shipping them out of this bedroom. It started to grow and grow, and eventually he got too big for the bedroom and went down to the garage. So during that time that Don had the transcription business, a partner had essentially ripped her off, and our income was dumped by 80%. We did not know how much federal tax we owed at the time, and when that loss happened, right in 2008, was when the crash happened as well. We almost lost our house. Uh, it, it, was, it was an absolute terrible, terrible time to be able to pay our bills and to put food on the table. 
we had uh, what three three kids at home to mm -hmm. take care of. So we went from a nice solid income of somewhere around a quarter million dollars a year to seventy grand and living off of credit cards. Mm -hmm. That gives a little foundation. Yeah, thank you for that. As to the hell. yeah, because that's huge. Absolutely. Um, but we're both very driven people, and we weren't going to allow that obstacle, I guess, to get in our way. And so it was kind of interesting how as the business lessened on my side, Air Filter Factory grew. And what is really awesome was the same month that I ended up at the end losing everything, not, and I don't want to say losing everything, but you know, it was going over to EMR. It was, you know, they were, they were filtering, transitioning, exactly. The last month that I no longer had any more you know, clients was the month that Air Filter Factory literally exploded. Hmm. So it was like, for our finances, you know, even though we were, we were struggling, we didn't drop off. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we had enough to continue to sustain us. Right, exactly. It sounds like even um, before Air Filter Factory, you guys had the entrepreneurial bug. Mm -hmm. Did that come, I mean, did when you were growing up, did you have family members that were entrepreneurs or were you the kids that had the paper routes or always thought you'd be entrepreneurs? Um, Growing up in Lorraine, um, when I was seven, eight years old, I would pick worms out of our yard and take them down to Hot Waters and the Mile Long Pier and sell them. Uh, snowing right now would have been, it would be a gold mine for me because I'd be out shoveling driveways all day long. Christmas caroling. Uh, my brother and I used to go Christmas caroling, caroling door to door, and uh, so I would say the answer to that is yes. Yeah, my father had a little bit of entrepreneurism. Uh, he made and sold some fishing rods and lures, and I really don't know where it came from, but the drive has always been there. Um, it's not always about the money. Even back then, it wasn't. It was the excitement of making a sale. I did not. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I, I really didn't. Um, I guess I was kind of spoiled a little bit and didn't have a job until I was out of high school. Mm. So um, the entrepreneurial spirit in me came, I don't know, I guess after I met Dave, truthfully. I was a flight attendant for 16 years and I flew my last trip oh, about a month after September 11th. That was it for me. Sure. So. Was that here locally, here in Cleveland? I was based in Chicago. Chicago. Okay. First in D.C. for eight years, and then Chicago for the next eight. And at the end, commuted to New York um, for international. So. Yeah, she lived here, but a lot of commuting. I lived here. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, a lot of commuting. Here. From what I'm hearing, um, you know, and, and Lisa and I have done a, a number of these uh, podcasts now, out of sometimes the uh, the hardest situations creates amazing entrepreneurs, you know, especially the ones that have survived or somehow willed their way past all of the bad. They come out on the other side, and that's truly what makes the company. And you read anything about 2008 and, you know, post-COVID, you know, there's... 
there's a whole lot of people who lose their jobs that then become their uh, an entrepreneur and you know it was that bad that created this good and you know it sounds like with a little bit of luck and being a hard worker Dave you kind of parlayed that into okay I can sell these stuff out of my bedrooms. And um, I, I think it's a great story. It's a great story to, to hear, hey, you know what? It's, it's possible. I started in my bedroom. I started with making a, a website. So, Yeah, and the investment. Um, because we were so low on cash, uh, I went to Rite Aid and bought a $75 prepaid card and put it into Google AdWords. And that was my investment other than time. Yeah, and uh, it was a—it's an awesome parlay. It really is. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's great. That's yeah. really really great. We, and it's interesting to talk to people who you know are a husband and wife team like you are. We talk to a husband and wife team and and uh, you know, how they get along, who does what, and you know how they make it work. Yeah, and how do we make it work? Oh boy. <laughs> well, I'm reading the the book Traction, and what Traction talks about first and foremost is that every successful business needs to have a visionary and an integrator. And Dave and I are actually those positions and we didn't even know it. So that's kind of how I think we've made this work all along. A visionary obviously is just like it sounds. It's the person with the vision, with you know, moving the business forward, continuing to have the ideas and um, the push to, you know, keep going with those ideas. You know, you could have 10 ideas and, and nine of them might not be good, but one of them is great. And that has been Dave. He's truly the visionary of this business and the person who not only understands the internet part of it, you know, the SEO, the algorithms, the, you know, but he's also the CFO. He's very, very financially sound uh, as far as, you know, his knowledge and, and truly he is in that respect, the reason why we are financially the way we are today. Um, he's so good at that. Yeah. And I am the integrator. I'm the person that keeps people accountable and that the day-to-day, uh, the organization of it. I was the one who created the system to begin with. Dave was using you know, legal pads and writing all of his orders out. And one night, um, what, 12 years ago or so, uh, I went out and he was in the garage and I saw what he was doing, it was midnight. And I'm like, Dave, oh my gosh, there's a better way for this. And at first he was just like, you're not taking my pads here. (laughs) (laughs) But I talked him into it and I found a way to, you know, to streamline and, and we really started growing at that point. So I have become such a firm believer in that a business truly needs those two positions. The business just takes off. Um, when you have those two positions in place and they and you do what you're supposed to do in your your path. Dave, is, Dave and I have always said we stay in our lanes, we stay in our paths, and we don't we try not to cross over. That's really interesting, and I think that book Traction is great. We've also um, used it here through the SBDC. Mm-hmm. Um, so for business owners out there who maybe aren't familiar with it, I would highly um, recommend it. So from that garage and once you got those systems in place I know you guys have had a storefront you recently relocated to a bigger location how have you guys grown from that garage I personally at the time wanted to stay in the garage and Don uh, really pressed to move out of the garage into a commercial location so 
we really wanted to create good paying jobs because at this point in time, we're able to pay our bills at home and have a little extra. And we were able to make a promise to a building owner and we took a quarter of his floor uh, in this office building. And within nine months, we had taken over the entire floor and part of the upstairs. And now we're out of space again. And uh, then we moved down the road to a plaza and essentially the same thing happened we had no idea what we were going to do with all that space and in four years we were out of space all over again and you're in the process of building right now uh, we looked all over vermilion we were trying to stay in the vermilion city area and the mayor there helped us look and he did a fantastic job everything to build was a million and a half, 1.2 million. Don wanted a pool there too. We're very into our employees having fun. So um, we, we found an existing location on 113 and had 12 acres room for growth, uh, almost 12,000 square feet. And we renovated it. And if you're ever out in the area, feel free to stop in. The offices is uh, like a modern day Ohio Google. Um, is kind of the theme that we were uh, going for. And it's, it's really a very cool place and we're so thankful and grateful to have what we have there. Well, you know, Dave, I know when we talked a little bit before, since COVID, a lot of companies are really struggling with people and getting help. And you've said you really have been able to keep your team together. Can you talk about like how you built that team and some things that you're doing to help keep that team together? Sure. Back to when we were moving out of the garage, we were committed to creating good paying jobs, first of all. And uh, we have stayed committed to that for the past 11 years. When the business grows, our staff make more cash. When the business has a good quarter, they get bonuses. And we're not talking about a couple hundred dollars. They're in the thousands uh, because we it's essentially a profit share. We had a phenomenal year in 2020. And uh, the bonuses for that year for our staff were in the five digits, you know, each person. Uh, and that was in addition to their, their base salary. I mentioned uh, that we enjoy a nice work environment and culture. Um, we have a fantastic culture there and culture is, is where it is. Uh, people being happy where they're working. Um, when people were working from home because of COVID, all of them wanted to come back to work at the office. They did because it's it's the bond. They're a team and they're a close knit bunch and they they look out for each other. We all we all look out for each other. So yes, Don and I may be owners, but in in a way, they are able to. Uh, dictate their financial future as well. That's great to hear, especially for a small business, Dave. How, how many do you employ? Uh, we have 13 and 10 are full-time. Okay, that's great. Yeah, no, that, that's very interesting. And, you know, I see a lot of businesses at really start to struggle when they get that growth 
phase going. So, you know, they get to a level and they feel pretty comfortable and their systems can handle it that, you know, and then they go through that growth phase and that's the struggle points. Other than that early on in the beginning, where have been some of your struggles in, in your business? Uh, well, I'll go a little bit back in time because there were struggles. I, I mentioned the uh, 2008. Well, when that happened, uh, we had a uh, insurmountable debt uh, of taxes, personal debt. Remember those credit cards we were using to live on? In 2012, 13, uh, our accountant told us to file bankruptcy. We had owed over three hundred and over $300,000. Because the business was growing, he told us that there was going to come a point very quickly that we wouldn't be able to file bankruptcy. We went to a bankruptcy attorney, and our accountant and I respect him highly, our attorneys. Uh, I respect him highly, and when I'm told to do something, I take my marching orders and do it. Uh, as we were leaving, the uh, we didn't sign anything. It, we, it was a consultation. As we were walking out of the bankrupt, bankruptcy attorney's office, Don started crying and said, we can't do it. Not right. So, um, so we, we didn't file bankruptcy. And uh, we paid every penny back that we owed everybody. Our company is uh, essentially debt-free. Uh, we do owe a little mortgage on the building, but all the inventory, every piece of equipment is all paid for. So that was a foundation that we really learned that, you know, be careful and, and don't overspend. So one of the things that Lisa and I hear a lot of from small businesses, a lot like yours, is um, the inability to get financing sometimes. Local banks, um, maybe because they're a little afraid of collateral or even maybe a brush with bankruptcy, as you guys experienced. Um, is that something that you have found? Do you have a line of credit? Is that anything that you would recommend a small business You know, make sure that they do have or um, are prepared for? Absolutely. We did apply for a line of credit, a uh, business line of credit in 2017 and were denied. However, we were able to build our personal credit back enough, which is in a phenomenal place now, that we do have a line of credit, a sizable line of credit. And advice to a business owner on that line of credit is when you use that line of credit, your projections must have an endpoint of when you are going to pay that off. My endpoint, when I take a draw on that uh, line of credit, say I'm ordering a half million dollars in inventory and I use the line of credit, my endpoint is uh, before the end of the year. This past year, it was December 27th, paid in full. So having an endpoint um, that interest will kill you. It, it really will, and it devours uh, your profits. That is my goal and endpoint. Anytime I spend anything, I have a plan to pay it back um, if it's line of credit. And if it's not a line of credit, we're sitting on the cash to buy it. If we don't have the cash to buy it, we essentially don't buy it or a plan to buy it and pay it.
Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information. Were you, were you guys affected by the ability to get filters, delays on, um, you know, boats, uh, you know, anything along the lines of that as far as, you know, fulfilling orders? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, we, as a company, attempt to provide better filters to the consumer. Okay. Um, not just the run of the mill. And, I, and I'm talking about range and, and microwave type of filters. So... With that, everything that we buy is U.S., everything. So with that being said, um, there were some supply chain issues, some metals. Uh, when in March of uh, 2021, I started noticing uh, that there were ships offshore and there was a potential issue, a tidal wave coming. So I started loading up more inventory and, and took our revenue and investing it in more and more inventory. I got it to the point where I bought, normally I'm 10 to 12 weeks out and buying inventory. Uh, I was uh, a year to 1.2 years out by the end of summer. So when this really came to light in the public that there was supply chain issues, you better buy your Christmas goods, we were already sitting on a gold mine of product in case everybody else started, our competition yeah. started running out. I'm preparing for the annual meeting, which is coming up, and um, the U.S. Chamber had put out, they had uh, looked for quotes for 13 different small businesses, and it just rang in my head because I like this guy's quote. The quote was, make sure you analyze your stock levels, sales, and inventory, and plan ahead. Planning is the best practice for business success. Buy well, buy smart. In today's world, with today's demand, stock is king. Customers want goods now, and they are willing to pay for them. Would you agree with that statement? 100%. Yeah, very well said. I, I would yeah. agree with that. And even right now, sitting on the extra inventory that we are, looking up to the future, I'm going to sell it, so uh, we're going to buy it. And we're loading up for 2022. Now, things that I would normally buy in September, October, I'm looking at buying in March. You know, and it's fascinating that that's where we are because, you know, previously it was all like just in time purchasing just in time. and, yep. you know, and, and I think, um, from a cash flow perspective that had always been a best practice, but now, you know, that, that same philosophy has bitten some, um, companies in the patootie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So your business, you're a husband and wife team. 
How do you make a decision if you don't agree? <laughs> does, so, does, do, does one of you have a final say? Yeah. All right, I have to go now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lisa, you're breaking up. We've lost Dave. That's right. <laughs> well, on paper, Dave has the final say. He is 51% owner. I'm 49. Um, as his wife, I know I have some influence, obviously. So if it's something I'm really passionate about, I, I work on him, I guess. <laughs> I learned a long time ago, we've been married for 19 years. Um, and for us, and I know for probably many other married couples, we didn't think we'd been married a month, to be honest with you, not 19 years. So it's a huge accomplishment for us. And I just know that I can a lot of times talk him into things, but if it's not business sound, then he's going to stand his ground. So, what what she does, she tries to twist it around in conversation at times, plants these little seeds, and uh, tries to make it my idea. It's called the game. <laughs> I, I saw that Ralphie did that when he wanted the uh, the gun in a Christmas story, right? Uh -huh. you know? That's right. Yes, I named it the game. That's right. <laughs> oh my god! You know, and it's kind of in that same vein. Do you guys find that your business just carries over into your your personal life that you you can't shut it off? Are you good about shutting it off? How do you find that balance? I mean, there's a lot of talk about work-life balance, but I think that's becomes even more complex when your coworkers, your spouse and you're the owners of the business. You're looking at me. Yeah, it's been tough. Um like I said in the beginning, we're very driven, we're very stubborn people, and I think part of that is why we're still married. Um, plus, we love each other. But yeah, the business is constant, and especially with Dave. Um, he lives, eats, and breathes this business. But with that being said, I, I do have boundaries. Uh, my boundaries are as when I'm dealing with business, if it's a family member, they are not to be treated any different in any way, shape, or form. And I'm very much cut and dry mm -hmm. in, in that arena. However, Dawn is uh, a little bit more caring, loving, nurturing, and she um, is not as cut and dry as I am. So that causes us to bump heads. It does, even if it's not a family member that's working, um, you know, so, but she, she's gotten past that and she's gotten better. And I think I have as well. You know, with COVID and Zoom meetings and being able to do business pretty much anywhere and everywhere, you're able to take advantage of it. Um, are you guys able to ever get on vacation, go away, because you can still attend a Zoom meeting and get out of town, get out of Dodge for your own mental health? We have. Mm -hmm. We actually bought a nice RV, what, two summers ago? Yeah, it's a Class A motorhome. Yep, beautiful. it's beautiful. And we take the grandkids and, you know, Dave can work, obviously, with Wi-Fi everywhere. And um, so, yeah, we, we try to do that. I think it's essential for your mental health. Dave works from home 90, what, 
98% of the time. And now that I'm going back, I'm going to be going to the office. I think it's important to be there when you're the position that I'm going to have. Um, but getting him out of here, he likes to fish. So I encourage him all the time, go out on your boat. There he can't work, which is good. <laughs> so, But yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but what she just described, myself being able to work remotely for the past uh, two and a half years, for the most part, um, that says a lot about our staff. Yeah. And they just, they, they do a phenomenal job. I give them direction uh, and they execute. And uh, my hat is off to them. So you're not a micromanager, which says a lot about you too. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it depends on the yeah, day. It, okay. it depends on who you're asking too. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that it, some of them would be sitting here, they would say that that is not true. So. Yeah, I could do a lot. <laughs> Working electronically and seeing things coming in and what's going on without actually seeing people, I know who is doing their work and who's not. So, Don, you said you were studying and you mentioned a couple books. Besides that, have you done anything else to, like, worked with a business coach or any local community resources? I have not personally. That's something that I would be very much open to. Well, we're going to talk when this is over, Don, because the SBDC yeah. is a great place for you. I have a couple ideas. <laughs> oh, awesome. Oh, I would love it. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, but I think it's great that, that you're doing that research and reading and um, just cons kind of that continuous improvement is really important for a company to stay relevant and, you know, look for opportunities and ability to pivot. And I, I think COVID has made that really obvious to a lot of business owners and the businesses that didn't do it or didn't have that capacity, I think you really see them struggling now, you know? And I, I, I even feel like even six months ago, I think there were still businesses out there that were just kind of like, uh, we're going to wait till this is over, you know, and then we'll get back to business as usual. And I think at this point, I hope everyone knows we might never get back to business as usual. <laughs> so Right. Things have changed so much. Yeah. And everything you just said is just so true that when you stop growing and learning from somebody, if I have a two-hour conversation with somebody and I pick up one golden nugget, that, that could be a gold mine for me. Mm -hmm. um, so it's worth investing the time. Um, yeah, we're, we're both doing a lot of different studying because we have a new outlook on 2022 that she's very excited about. And in turn, that makes me excited. So mm -hmm. One other thing I'd like to bring up real quick so I don't forget, we use something called personalysis. And personalysis is a really, really great tool for business owners out there. We started using it. Um, we all have a personalysis and it's, it's kind of like those color-based personality tests, but it's a little different. Um, it's more geared, I think, towards business. And Dave and I both have the colors, fortunately, that are necessary for being business owners. It's helped us to be able to put the right people in the right seats. And we look at their colors 
and look at the, at the position and make sure that those colors that they, you know, the things that they engage with and the way that they communicate and so on are geared towards the position that we're putting them into. So it's been a great tool. Yeah, we don't want to drain them, you know, so we want them to enjoy their job. Right. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And there are a lot of great assessments out there. And I'm glad to see that you're investing in, in your employees to do that. Because with a lot of smaller business, I feel like, you know, maybe they hire their, you know, their neighbor when they first need a body. And then they just hire, you know, the neighbor, they know someone else and they, and they never really evaluate, like, do their employees actually have the skill set to help the company grow? Are they in the right position? You know, and kind of do, kind of do that assessment, that step back, and 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 make sure that you have the right people with the right skill set doing the right job. So that that is awesome. It's huge. Well, and I, I think we're very lucky here. I mean, besides what, you know, Lisa's doing, you know, at Lorain County Community College um, with the SBDC, you know, Lorain County Community College, Firelands Campus over there in Huron, you guys have worked with, or you, you mentioned Abby um, at the Erie County Economic Development um, Organization, you know, take advantage of those things. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, it's there's there's so much out there and available to small businesses. I think sometimes we think everybody knows that. Um, so you know one of the one of the reasons Lisa and I are doing uh, you know business fluent is to let people know that there are options out there because no matter how many times we tell people, sometimes they just don't get the message or the message isn't getting to the right people. So um, you know I, I guess I'll just say you know if, is there anything that you want to kind of last lastly say kind of wrap up with a big bow as far as what you would tell somebody who's listening about. Um, air filter factory or your your experience as an entrepreneur? Uh, going back to our catastrophic event in our life, they skimp on hiring professionals. And um, knowing that I'm not an attorney, knowing that I'm not an accountant, that they should be hired and uh, be a part of your business. And, and uh, they will help guide you through your business and make sure that everything you're doing is legal, your taxes are paid. Um, the last thing you want is to end up in a situation as we have. And, you know, moving forward, we're in very, very exciting times. I know it's challenging times, but there's so much opportunity out there, including everything that your organization has to offer. Uh, both your organizations. Um, I would highly encourage people to use those resources because that's exactly what they are and they don't cost you anything. Um, so having the proper professionals that have expertise, um, such as accountants, attorneys, yourself, um, I, I would definitely encourage anybody out there to use them and uh, and if they're not in a position to use them, start asking around out of the gate to help them grow. Am I doing this right? What do you think? You're only as big as your own mind. And uh, uh, getting other opinions uh, is, is critical. Learning, growing, uh, the, the whole ball of wax. That's all I got. I think that the visionary integrator position, if it's at all possible in a business, 
is one of the most important things you can do. Um, you, like Dave said, you got to surround yourself with great people to be successful. But having those positions and and defining them and making sure that you're those two people are rowing in the same direction but not crossing, I think is of utmost importance. That's awesome. Well, thank you both so much. We appreciate it. Exciting to talk to people who are having an impact and growing a business. And we appreciate your time. Thank yeah, you very much. You We've enjoyed us. it. Yeah. Yep. Here's to a, a prosperous 2022 for you guys. Right on. Thank, thank you. you. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.